right, everybody. Welcome to episode 20, season two of the CCHA show. Here, uh, Perry Lascaris with you as always. Uh, we have two great guests on. Uh, one first timer, Kevin Dudley from the Mankato Free Press. Uh, Kevin, thanks for coming on and uh, talking some CCHA hockey. We know we had an exciting series for a few guys uh, last weekend against St. Thomas there. Yeah, Perry, thanks uh, Thanks for having me. Excited to, to talk about it all with you. And then uh, Tim uh, Rapley, who also has started uh, you know, writing a few pieces for us on CCHA.com, but he's covered the league. Uh, for a while now and uh, also for flow hockey I, sh I should point out his weekly uh, previews every week but Tim thanks for coming on again yeah hey it's good to be in uh, the kitchen is this uh, South St. Paul where are we we're we're in St. Paul yeah uh, right St. Paul proper actually Tim but yes yeah yeah Feels we're uh, yeah. yeah watching some cats so but that's okay they're they're doing their thing and uh, I think we'll be will be just fine. Uh, as per usual, we want to talk about uh, the weekend that was. We had uh, four exciting series for the most part and, you know, four important series for, for the teams that came away with uh, some points there. And let's start with uh, let's start with the where Kevin, I'm sure, was there. Uh, the home and home series between first place teams at the time. They entered the weekend with 30 points each. Minnesota State, uh, the Mavericks and St. Thomas, uh, both teams kind of flipping the script from earlier in the year with Mankato winning 4-3, Minnesota State winning 4-3 in overtime on Friday, and then St. Thomas coming back uh, down to Mankato to win 4-2. And uh, Kevin, what, what was your kind of overall thoughts on how the series went down and uh, re really kind of played out like a like two of, the, two of the top teams in the conference would expect, you think, right? Yeah, competitive. I mean, I as soon as I remember years ago, you know, hearing that St. Thomas was joining the CCHA, the immediate thought is, you know, wow, this is, you know, going to be MSU's, you know, closest rival now in conference. And obviously knowing, you know, what St. Thomas is and what, you know, they have the chance to be, you're thinking what are the possibilities of what this rivalry can become. And, uh, you know, it was going to take St. Thomas some some time being a new division one program, but, uh, I think it's safe to say they've they've arrived now, and uh, I think this weekend was really a taste of what that rivalry can can come to be. Um, it was fast, competitive, chippy um, at times in in a really good and entertaining way. Um, just two teams that uh, that are are fighting, you know, for their for their season. It, it was a true playoff like atmosphere. In you know, I, I feel like it's. What what we saw this weekend was everything you want, you know, February hockey to, to be. And just given, you know, the, the state of the two schools where they are, I, I feel like it, more of what we saw this weekend competitive wise is is likely in the future. Uh, Tim, I know we talked about earlier in the season or when the, the polls came out to start the year and uh, Coach Strand said, uh, I, think, I think he kind of took the uh, – where his team was placed a little bit personally, but, uh, and, and they've really come out and exceeded expectations, which is kind of odd to say maybe for a six time reigning, you know, regular season champion, but, uh, what, what were you, what was, what were your takeaways from, from this series and where the Mavs are at and St. Um, Thomas? Boy, it was entertaining. And yeah, yeah, there was, there were good series in the league, but, uh, this sucked all the air out of the room. This, this was must see television. Um, I wrote, I think, twelve or thirteen hundred words about uh, the game within the game for College Hockey News uh, this week, and my only feedback from from uh, Adam Woden, who's who's a savant, but Woden goes, 
Tim, you can't keep treating this like it's this epic, uh, you know, masterpiece theater. And I'm going, well, this really, this, this thing had it all, you know. Uh, uh, there was, um, when Kevin says chippiness, you know, I saw a clip of Sam Morton's knees being taken out in the, in the second game. And I'm just thinking, here's a guy with the history of a knee injury against this team. And this is just the hockey hatred that starts getting built up. I saw Luke Strand finally lose his temper. He's such a gentleman. And finally, at the end, when, when there was not a major penalty, when he had just received a major penalty for boarding, and, and he ranted a little bit in the press conference, uh, and Kevin was an eyewitness of that, it just shows that this is taken to a new level. And um, uh, I, I think it, it's great for the league. It, it's great for hockey. Um, it was vicious. It was dangerous. Um, it was dramatic. You know, Aaron Trotter in the, you know, somewhere between 2.30 and 3 in the afternoon central time find out he's going to be starting his second game. And he's been alternating all year long. And he was insane. I think, was it you that was putting up all the social media clips of his saves, uh, trying to court the ESPN Sports Center top 10 plays? We even saw a, a Scorpion save, right? Yeah. Marty Brodeur's Scorpion save. So, yeah, it, it really had everything. I, I can't go on, you know, for half an hour right now on it. But there was just so much to see. Um yeah, the, the Sam Morton saga on Saturday from uh, allowing that goal where he put it on the doorstep from a crazy bounce um, to put themselves in a 2 nothing hole to being robbed. Great eight chances all weekend and ended up with nothing on the score sheet thanks to Aaron Trotter. Um, it's really a, um, a drama within a game, within a series. So um, uh, I can't speak enough about it. It lived up to all expectations. Great stuff. And, uh, I mean, the, the elephant in the room may be the challenges. There were plenty of them, uh, a lot of them on, on goal interference. And we've seen across college hockey, you look at the couple of goals against uh, in the Minnesota-Wisconsin series that were, were overturned goals or, or not counted goals. And it, it, there, there really isn't a great answer for that other than the officials in most of these cases, and we can only really speak for the CCHA as far as uh, we're concerned. We don't know what, what the Big Ten answer is for, for those two, but – that the, the officials in each case followed the right protocol and and followed what was asked of them to make that call. And you go back to even the McNaughton Cup championship game last year. Kevin was there for that as well. Uh, oh. There's going to there's gonna be controversial. I mean, goal interference is easily the most challenging call to make, uh, obviously because what's on the line in each case, right? Like even in a five-minute major or two versus a two, there's still question of something else has to happen on top of that for that to really take its full effect. Right. But when you have goalie interference and it was kind of came to the forefront in the series and it's you officials are, are human too. They're going to do their best judgment. A couple of times it came down to what the call was in the ice and whether it was not, they were not able to overturn, but uh, Kevin, your thoughts on, on the, on those plays that you saw and you can talk about one in particular, or just, or just in general, how you, how you feel about the situation. Yeah, I mean, I uh, to preface it, my first job when I was fourteen years old was was officiating hockey games. <laughs> so, um, I tend to be pretty uh pretty pro official in the uh in the debate. Um, yeah, I think I think the job of of officiating is impossible. Um, the athletes are are faster and stronger now than they were fifteen years ago, and the same is going to be true in another fifteen years. So it's it's just uh, going to keep getting harder. Um, 
I think that what you can ask is that the process is uh is consistent in terms of how you know procedures are handled away from the split second decisions that are that are always so hard. Um, there's a lot of different opinions, I guess, on if if all those processes were handled uh, correctly. I think I think if you asked Coach Strand, he'd uh, he'd tell you he really would have liked to see a review um, on that on that last hit on Josh Grohl, the one in the final five minutes. He didn't have his his challenge at that point. Um, so if he would have challenged and lost, it would have been a minor. Obviously, I think he would have liked to have seen officials review there. But you know, there's always going to be you know the 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 checking from behind you know boarding call is is hard obviously there's there's a lot of those contacts that happened very close to the boards and you see it a million times a game where you know you get that situation where a guy comes up from behind a guy and pushes him into the boards and they each kind of go in nicely and that that tie happens that a lot of players prefer but you know sometimes you know if there's too much force and a guy goes down because of it sometimes you know you see someone turn their back you know at the last second um and, and that can cause you know a hit that is a hit from behind but is very unintentional so yeah it's 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 obviously a, a tough call and I agree with the goaltender interference I mean I was I was uh just reading you know the rules on it um in terms of you know what does the offensive player have a right to do outside the crease in terms of contact with the goaltender um there's it, it really eventually always comes down to to discretion and you know how how it seems like how intentional the contact was is is kind of you know what what that call on, on the Haskins goal would really come down to um and I, I think you know it's hard to, it's hard to fault you know a decision necessarily either way whether you know however i feel about it after yeah. looking at it you know a bunch of times tim um it's funny um i got marco hunt uh on the phone on saturday morning because there there were you know i was studying the game within the game and all the different challenges and you know it really makes a difference when the official jumps in to make a challenge on one of those hits rather than waiting for the coach to have to make it and that's where it gets a little dicey. And, uh, you know, what's going on outside the paint? And is the goalie, and uh, Kevin, I, I too spent some time wearing stripes as an official, um, is the goalie uh, able to do his job the interference? Is he able to shake off whatever contact and then go make the save or not? So that's all part of the criteria. Um, again, we could spend a half an hour on this or more, but um, uh, uh, I don't know. I... I sort of empathized with uh, with Coach Strand. He he felt pretty frustrated. It didn't feel like for him, and I can understand how we felt. It didn't feel like it was a two way street. You know, one guy gets a major, the other guy doesn't. He's on the wrong end of a goalie interference call. But um, hey, makes a great rivalry, and there are you know lots of points left to be collected, and they appear to be a team on a mission right now. Mm -hmm. Moving on to our, our next series to talk about here, another rivalry series, another home-and-home. Home. Uh, Northern Michigan uh, taking five of six points from Michigan Tech this weekend. Uh, a 4-1 win uh, at home for the Wildcats, and then they went to Houghton and got a, a tie and a shootout win uh, there. And we'll, we'll put it back to Tim for this one. And uh, 
you know, Northern trying to keep themselves in that top four race. And they, they did so really with this kind of really convincing, uh, convincing weekend. You know, they've had a little bit of a struggle having it with that consistency, but they've proven a couple of times this year that they are one of the top teams. If they, if they play to their, their peak, I think. Well, it really, this series really came down to the third period of the second game, right? Michigan Tech's got the lead. They've got the big shot differential advantage and Northern dominated them for 20 minutes. They got their tie and then they, they had the, the shootout win. They get the fifth point. But, you know, um, Joe Sean at the end of the game was just saying our top two lines got beat consistently. And he didn't know who else to throw out there. Right? He's got his best. He's got his stars out there. One guy he didn't have right, is the, uh, the controversial Bowling Green transfer who got injured. Um, uh, somewhere late in the second period. So there was no Austin Swankler sighting. And according to Tech, he will not play, according to Joe via um, sports information, uh, we don't expect to see Swankler this weekend. So uh, take that. Um, so things are not great for Tech right now. You know, Sean has uh, been calling his team soft. He's been trying to motivate them. He had an altercation on the ice with an enemy coach up at uh, Lake Superior with Damon Witten. Then there was no handshake afterwards. So, um, you know, the stress is starting to show. It's uh, You're answering to Husky Hockey Nation up there, and uh, things aren't going well. And not going nearly as well as expected for a team projected to be either one or two. We'll get to Tech again when we talk about this upcoming weekend here, Kevin. But, uh, you know, you, I think you guys, have, you've seen Northern already here. What what are your thoughts on them taking the five points here and and really kind of helping this crunch of the of the conference standings overall here? Yeah, I, I think that they've obviously you know come to to Mankato several times over the years and and you know delivered some really good performances and some really big spots. Just just seeing them last weekend, they're they're tough. Um, you know, I feel like in in the past. Um, when I think about them, I think, you know, offense, uh, wide open, really good in transition, um, really dangerous. And I thought they were, you know, harder than I've seen in, in past years. Um, I think, yeah, if you, it, probably not where they where would hope to be, you know, in the standings at, at this point, given the, the roster that they had. But uh, they always seem to find a way to play their, their best hockey in, in February and, and March. And, uh it uh it it seems like they're doing that uh, again this season. Uh, next series here is Ferris State and Bowling Green. That was in uh, Big Rapids. There, Bowling Green with a with a big sweep, four three on Friday. Huge comeback. They were down uh, three to one entering the third period, and then a three to one win on uh, Saturday using both goalies, both Stover and uh, and Cole Moore. One of their you know a bit of a surprise freshman was forced into action. Uh, but uh, really another huge series for a team that's looking to kind of crawl out of a hole, much like Northern uh, Bowling Green uh, with a, a put together a big series. Kevin, uh, your thoughts on the Falcons? I think you've seen them as well. Yeah, they uh, obviously, you know, at the at the start of their season, they were, you know, dealing with some some off, off ice stuff. And you always hope, I think, you know, as a team that that, that doesn't take an impact on the ice. But I think sometimes it's hard for it not to. Um it does seem like as they've gotten, you know, more away from that, that, that they're really starting to, to find uh, their stride here. Um, 
you know, they're they're another team that I think has a a long track record of of success and have have put together some some really good uh good late season runs and uh I don't know I feel like they're they're just another team that uh that you you don't necessarily want to play right now I'm I'm not sure there's really anyone that uh that anyone does want to play which is kind of been a theme theme all year is has been the parody from from at least where I where I sit Tim. Yeah. Well, six points on the road. They have thrust themselves. They're now one of one of five teams competing for all my spots. I, I'm I, the, my assessment of the standings, and uh, you know that that comeback in the third period really propelled them. Stover gets his second win of the season. Then they can go to Cole Moore, you know, the, the freshman, so that he's not overworked. Uh, he played really well, and. Uh, you know, they've had eight wins in conference, four of them against Ferris. That was their second sweep against Ferris. Um, nice to see Nelson Emerson's uh, uh, son, Quinn, uh, getting recognized. Was it, I don't know if you had the deciding vote on uh, forward of the week, but uh, uh, he's got great wheels. And he's part of this kind of freshman and sophomore group. Um, uh, Foe is another one of these young skaters for Bowling Green and uh, Every time I want to count them out, because I do some predictions on my previews, and, and I had uh, I thought Ferris was really ready to find their stride. They'd just come off their own sweep, and suddenly they're winless at home, and uh, you know they're entrenched in the cellar, which is too bad for Bob Daniels' club. But, you know, uh, expect the unexpected, I guess we can say. Yeah, we're going to hear from uh, Michael uh, Bevilacqua, uh, between uh, in the middle of this pod, um, she has to talk to him uh, as well as uh, Augustana's uh, Hunter Bischoff. So those are two interviews folks can listen uh, listen to uh, coming up on this show, uh, which leads us to our final series from last weekend uh, with the uh, with Augie heading up to Bemidji State for, of course, a non-conference series with the uh, Vikings and Beavers. That was a kind of a what we've seen this year throughout the CCHA. Uh, a 23-24 CCHA split where, you know, we've had almost kind of blowouts each game, but for, for either team with uh, a 5-0 win for Bemidji on Friday, Tim, and then a, a 5-2 win for Augustana bouncing back on Saturday. Yes. Uh, Friday's game, you saw such a happy coach territory, right? It was like the perfect game for him. Everything was turning well. Um, the big stat that our um, writer, Buddy Jared, uh, uh, put out there, uh, one of my favorite stats, is that uh, they blocked, the Beavers blocked 22 shots. That's more than twice as many that got to Matias Scholl. So 22 uh, shots blocked, 10 uh, actually reaching the goalie. Um, uh, Leighton Road got moved back to wing where he likes to operate because uh, Troy Judding came back. So um, uh, Road felt very happy back in wing, uh, making plays, um, and they're flying. And, and I, I read the report on Friday. I go, that's the stalking horse. That's the team that's going to make some moves for the McNaughton. And then they, um, you know, it's just hard to play tough defense for, you know, 120 minutes. You know, back uh, checking is not sexy. Right? And, uh, and to have to grind that hard and to play that type of, Classic Bemidji State layers of defense. Um, it's tough to get student athletes to do, do that for 120 straight minutes. So um, 
uh, I was so high on, on Bemidji Friday, and now it, it's just another team on Saturday. Kevin, uh, what do you think of the Beavers and Augustana, which is the uh, you know, Minnesota State just went out to play at uh, play at uh, uh, Augustana, I think the weekend before or the, the series before Midco opened, so not quite a chance to see Midco's opening. But, uh, but uh, you know, the, the way Augustana played the Mavs pretty tough, and uh, and they, they seem to be doing that quite a bit uh, throughout their first season. Yeah, Augustana is – I was really impressed. I mean, they – obviously, you know, being a first-year program, you think there's going to be a a bit of a, of a learning curve to, to get competitive, but it really hasn't been. I mean, they've, they've been competitive from the jump, and, you know, with the arena, I mean, it, it's only – another place like St. Thomas where it feels like it's only a matter of time. Um, in terms of the Beavers, I, if I was a coach in the CCHA, that's the team I wouldn't want to play. Um, <laughs> I just, the, the 22 block shots in Bemidji. I mean, I think it's games like that drove, uh, drove coach Hastings East. Um, I, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, they're just like Tim says, they're so hard to play against when, when they're at their best. Um, if they're scoring goals, I mean, it, 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 it just, it, it can be a nightmare to play them. And uh, I think, you know, we've, we've seen at times this year that they can be explosive offensively, you know, there's, there's flashes and, and defensively at their best, we know what they are. So um, yeah, I, I think going into, in, into the playoffs, if I was a coach, I don't get to watch as much as you guys do, but, uh, but that would be the team I, I don't want to play. That's that's fair enough. And uh, uh, with that, we're going to take a, a, a quick break and hear from Michael uh, Bevilacqua from Bowling Green and Hunter Bischoff from Augustana. We'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie. Score. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right, everybody. Joining me now on the CCHA show is uh, Michael uh, Bellavacqua. And uh, Mike, uh, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, we'll we'll talk some Bowling Green hockey here. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Michael, uh, first I want to start off, uh, you know, you're from, you're from uh, Hamburg, New York, which is south of Buffalo. Uh, what was it like growing up? It's, it's really people who don't know, uh, that, that when Western New York and in the Buffalo area is a big hockey uh, hotbed really in the country, you obviously have the Sabres there, but a lot of great youth programs and, uh, yeah. and some, some good D1 colleges there as well, uh, that, that play, play the game. Yeah, it was awesome. So growing up, uh, I played for the Junior Sabres, which was a, a big thing in my development. You know, we had coaches like Kevin Adams, Patrick Coletta, who all played for the Sabres, Matty Ellis, who's their, actually their assistant coach right now. Uh, it's just been awesome. They've been awesome with us. So every summer, uh, we got a, a good group of college guys who all, are all from Buffalo that hop on the ice. And it's just been a big thing for my development being from there. Very cool. Uh, and I saw you... Uh... You know, obviously, you played uh, you played for Des Moines. You were an assistant captain for the uh, for them in the USHL. Um, what what does you know that that league in particular and, and playing playing in Des Moines, uh, you know, in Iowa, a lot a lot of great 
teams in that league and in the kind of Midwest area there. Uh, what, what did that do for you? Uh, yeah, that was my probably my biggest stepping stone. You know, I had a couple great coaches there. Matt Curley and um, the Menino brothers were there when I was there. It just overall, it, it kind of shaped me into who I, I kind of play as. And just development wise, they it was great. Just every day getting to be there. It's a different culture out there, obviously, but just having us grow as players and, and in particular, just our mindset and just kind of stepping into that pro life was, it was a big thing for us. And uh, just probably one of the best decisions of my life to ever to go play there. You're introduced then to the slate and to, to Bowling Green. What, what, what about that area? It's, it's kind of in between, right? It's kind of in between Iowa and your, yeah. And, and yeah, uh, right in the middle. It's there, just, but uh, yeah, let me know about that. Cause that I've, I've been to that rank. I've been, to, you guys have a, a really nice, uh, you know, set up downstairs with some, some cool tables and some things for you guys to kind of, yeah. you know, cool off and, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. It's a it's a it's a pro rink, but uh, it kind of reminds me a lot of Des Moines. Just uh, a step up. Just when you that arena's packed, it's probably the most fun arena to play in in college hockey. Um, it feels like there's fifteen thousand to twenty thousand when there's only five. But uh, being being introduced to the just the overall setting, it's it's a pro life. It's it's awesome here. It's one of the best decisions I could have had and three coaches here who impacted my choice in coming here and kind of met some of the best teammates in my life right now. And we're having a great time out here. That's great. And you, you're, if you look at the, you know, the Bowling Green defensive core, you're a really young group. I mean, you know, not a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of upperclassmen. I'm sure, uh, you know, um, you have Ben Wozni, who's really kind of one of the bigger veterans on this team, but he's only a junior still, uh, what would what what part of that kind of influenced you to come and knowing that you you probably have an opportunity to contribute here? Yeah, it was it was obviously a, a big decision where I felt I would develop best and kind of have the opportunity to do what I do as a player. But just with Waz and even Tommy as an upperclassman, they they're big influences in Parks and Dalton Norris, who I played against in the USHL. They're uh, they're big for us, like the the way they play and just kind of see how they go about their everyday day-to-day and it's just big for me to learn from them and kind of have the opportunity to grow as a player as they're growing into their journey too you broke out with a pretty big weekend uh, and really a huge uh, sweep for you guys last weekend uh you know you were down three to one going into the third period on on friday night what, what was kind of the the mentality there just you know now, I guess knowing you know now, you guys were able to come back and score those three goals. And you had a big, a big, uh, big hand in that. But uh, what what was the kind of thoughts going into that third period? Uh, we knew like kind of our chances were there. Everyone was having chances all night, and they just weren't slipping. But we kind of talked in the third. There was no, there was no quit. Like we we in the room were just kind of like we're gonna win this thing. Like let's just keep doing what we're doing. And um, Quinn Emerson scored that third one, which was huge for us. But uh, Adam Shankula getting his first, it, it was awesome. It, it was just him, him scoring his first and then just Quinn doing that. Just everyone was invested in, in kind of when those two went in, we were like, this is our game. And then luckily we just got away with the uh, three points and just built up for a better Saturday for us. Yeah. What's it like having a, a, a guy like Adam, you know, Shankula came in in the middle of the year, right? He's only, he's only played in a handful mm-hmm. of games for you guys. Yeah. Uh, you know how how easy is it for you guys to try and kind of integrate him into this group? Uh yeah, it was all, it's good. He's a great person, great human, and he's a great hockey player. And just uh, he we put him right into our system right away, and 
he was fully bought in just like everyone else is here. And it took him maybe a week just to kind of understand. There's obviously still a little adjustment happening, but right now he, he looks awesome. And, and I was so happy for him to get that uh, first one. For, you have nine freshmen on this team now, including uh, Shankula now. Uh, obviously, Cole Moore had to step in early, and he's been great for you guys. Uh, Brody Waters has contributed on offense. It, it seems like you guys have, you know, you know Santa Juana as well. W what mm -hmm. about your group uh, do, you, do you like best? And, uh, and, and has this large freshman class helped you kind of, you know, feel like you're part of this team? Yeah, obviously it's big having a, a giant class come in, probably one of the biggest in the past few years, but uh, – all, all eight of them, including myself, we're, we're all fully bought into this. We all came here with the same purpose to win and just kind of grow as people and players. And I having the rest of them at the same time kind of makes it easier for the switch to happen. Just you have kind of a couple of guys going through the same thing you're going through and everything. And uh, I think all of them are just they're incredible people and just incredible hockey players to be out there with. What's Northwest Ohio like compared to to Buffalo? What what kind of things do you notice? Are, are there any differences going on culturally, maybe, or is it is it pretty um, much the same kind of thing? It's kind of the same thing, a little bit for farmland, but um, <laughs> it's it's almost the same. I grew up in a Hamburg, which was, it's a it's a big town, but it's kind of same village type uh, scenario out here where there's a little town that you can go in and then you just walk around. But it's kind of what I grew up in, but uh, not having the big city with all the the stadiums, the Sabres and the Bills is kind of different, but it's a, it's a great setup out here. Where has been some of your favorite places to play? Obviously you guys got to go out to the, you, you haven't had a chance to play in Augustana's rink uh, and you, I guess you won't for a couple of years, but uh, you know, what are some of the places you've enjoyed playing so far in your freshman season? Uh, I, we did go to Augustana, but that's when they had the Sioux Falls arena. That's right. Uh, they're playing in premier. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that's always, it's a great spot. I played in it for three right. years and, um, I don't know. I was actually a big fan of Ferris. I love the little small rinks. They feel like a practice rink where you just kind of are loose and you can play uh, mm -hmm. an easier game. But I think Western was a, a pretty cool setting with their, their crazy <laughs> cops or their crazy <laughs> crowd. Sorry. But, um, it, yeah. it's been fun. Very cool. Yeah. You know, going to Ohio state, you get to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, you got a couple more road trips coming up here. So I guess we'll, yeah. we'll let you come up with a full uh, opinion by the end of the year here. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to ask you about your, your, you know, your, the coaches and what, what have they done and uh, you know, individually, you know, to help you with different parts of your game that maybe people don't, you wouldn't see just from games, but in practice and things like that. Oh uh, yeah. Just little like things working with Kurt. Um, he's been awesome. One of my, probably my favorite coaches to play for. He's, he's just a great overall person and even better coach. Like, just structurally teaches you everything and just eases you in on working on little details of your game that help. And then even working with Stavos and uh, Ty, just helping kind of big on confidence. Like it's a big thing when you come into the college, like mm -hmm. you, you need your confidence to grow as a player. And they've been big on just kind of easing my mind into it and letting me just kind of do what I do and not be over flustered. If like mistakes happen, they're bound to happen. But uh, they've been really big on just kind of enforcing, like, hey, it's all right, like you're good, just keep doing what you do, and it's been it's been fun. You guys have a, a big event coming up in a couple of weeks. I know you guys are focused on the ice on, on the task at hand here, but you do have the celebration of the anniversary of the 1984 national championship. Uh, 
I know you have stuff all over the rink kind of commemorating mm -hmm. your alums and you know, the play in the NHL and things like that. But yeah. uh, what what part of the, the history and tradition uh, do you kind of cherish most about, you know, you're, you know, now that you're a part of this, this program? Yeah, it's just our, it's kind of the, what we're bought into is our, is our brotherhood. Like it, it's a special place to be. It's not your big 10 school. It's your it's a 17,000 student school where you're either fully bought in, you're not fully bought in and just kind of in our room, every guy shows up to the rink with the same mindset of we're getting better today and we got a job to take care of every single week. And it's just been, it's been really, really fun for us. Like kind of a tough start in the beginning, but we, we're just, I think that sweep last weekend kind of just sets us up for a better last uh, month of the season. And it, it should be really fun out here. You got to experience, uh, I guess, a, a couple uh, of Scooter's diamond cutter celebrations. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably saw it on social or something before you came to Bowling Green, but what's it like to experience that in person? It's awesome. It's so he's one of the best guys to be around. He's always got a smile on, just always checking up on how you're doing. And just he's just a, a bright light in the room. Like when you see him, you just get happy. And to see that and uh, you see it on Twitter and everything. But when you see it in person, you're just it's it's almost a surreal moment because like how much everyone is fully bought in even when you have your equipment manager doing something like that very cool well uh you know you guys have uh you know exciting weekend coming up at the at the slate here with the uh, with lake state coming to town and uh you know you guys have a decent amount you have that that home series then you have uh tech uh mm -hmm. a little later on here what is your kind of goal now that you kind of maybe had a half, half season kind of reset and you've had some big games. You've had a, you've had a couple of sweeps this year, but what's kind of the mentality of the team going forward and especially into this, I guess, big home weekend you got coming up. Um, Yeah. Anything can happen, but uh, it's kind of just take one game at a time. We don't really look too far ahead. You need that Friday in order to feel better on Saturday. And it's hard to sweep in college hockey. It's, it's a big thing. And uh, getting that point on Friday is just, it's the most important thing. So kind of just build yourself up into that week and and we focus on what we need to do on Friday and before we even look into what we need to change or do on Saturday. I know you're a defenseman, but it had to be feel cool to get your first uh, collegiate goal and then you get another one the next night. Uh, I mean, what's, what's that feeling like? Uh, yeah, it's obviously super special. Like uh, it's, it's a great like thing to do in college is, is to get that first point or first goal. And uh, it, it was special. Like, just two great setups by some two great players with Ben Duran and then Ethan Scardina the next night. But uh, it, it was special and I'm just glad it helped us build into what was an even better weekend. Did you get a chance to keep that puck somewhere? Yeah, it's actually right next to me. <laughs> That's a good spot for it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, uh, Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, thanks for sharing your uh, experiences uh, at BG so far. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, joining me on the CCHA show is Augustana freshman uh, Hunter Bischoff. And uh, Hunter, thanks for coming on and, and talking some Augie hockey here. <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, Hunter, uh, you know, I think for people who don't know, I think in around the, the Augustana hockey, you know, fans who are trying to get into hockey and, and follow the team, uh, you were famously the first commit to Augustana hockey. Uh, what was that kind of process like for you and, you know, playing junior hockey and getting an opportunity to be a part of a, a you know upstart program like this <laughs> well you know some things like that don't come along too often being able to just start your own program and build a culture here 
I mean, I thought that was super cool coming here. That was my first idea. And then along with just the coaches, just everything to do with them brought me here too. Honestly, with the Sioux Falls area, I didn't really know what to expect at first. But then once I got here and visited, I just knew it was the place to be. It was awesome. Uh, you played uh, three years of high school hockey in, you know, in Grand Rapids up there. Uh, what For people who don't know a lot about high school hockey, maybe, you know, in, especially in the state of Minnesota, like, how how big is was high school hockey for for you guys and just you know knowing some of the players that you played with now also went through the the Minnesota high school program. In high, Minnesota high school hockey, I've spoken like a true Minnesotan here, but it's one of a kind experience. I uh, I couldn't have enjoyed it anymore. Every all my friends just I grew up playing with that same group all the way through and. I mean, the crowds there are just awesome, too, especially back home in Grand Rapids. I mean, the stadium's filled every night, and it just keeps building, like, top-tier kids one year after the other, and that's something special, and it says a lot about uh, high school hockey. Growing up, me and my buddies, the ones that I've played with all the way through, it's it's been really cool to see them also advance and commit, especially here, actually. Uh, we have a couple of guys coming in that are from Grand Rapids, too. And, I mean, that's something you don't see very often, either. That's very cool. That Maybe a little bit of a, a Grand Rapids kind of pipeline going on for, <laughs> for Augustana there. Uh, you, you get a chance to go play uh, in the NHL and the UAHL, uh, USHL. excuse me. Um, you get some playoff experience, too, in Anchorage and, and Youngstown, too. Uh, what, was, what was your junior experience like, especially playing up in Alaska? Oh, well... <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect going to Alaska, honestly. I was like a shot in the dark. And once I got there, it was a little nerve wracking. There was probably 50, 55 kids at that tryout for that first year team. And it was super cool. I mean, my billets were awesome. For first time experiencing billets for the first time was really weird, especially with how big the family was. <laughs> but it was fun seeing all the guys and just I mean we hung out 24 7 and I think that's something that's not talked about enough with juniors just like how close you get with everyone it's super cool to see uh the playoff experience I mean <laughs> I mean it just comes with working hard and I think it comes with being close with your teammates and I think they had I had that both years I was really fortunate enough to have that both years in your first year now with Augustana obviously this is the first year of the program uh you 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 play a Wisconsin team that turns out to be one of the best teams in the country in your first ever games out there. Uh, <laughs> and now, now they're filling up the Kohl Center. It wasn't quite that way when you were there, but uh, what was your first college experience like playing uh, you know, a Division One game like that? <laughs> well, it was for sure a little nerve-wracking. I feel like everyone was feeling that same way, you know. We had expectations going in, and it was just to, to give a good effort, show them that we mean business here. And, I mean, it was definitely hard especially uh, with, with a start like that. I mean, most first-year teams don't have a start like that. And, it, I mean, other than that, though, I felt like it was good. You know, we we brought energy from the start of the year, even up to this point now, and I think that's a big part of the program is just keeping the energy of the program and the culture of the program up. Absolutely. Another first for you, I guess, was scoring the, the program's first goal, right, against Bowling Green the next weekend there. Uh <laughs> How cool was that? I know it was at the, the Sanford Premier Center. It wasn't your true home rink yet, but that has to be a, a cool experience uh, sticking that one home there. No, it was awesome. I mean, I can't say it enough, like, especially with the fans here in Sioux Falls, like our first experience with them being just 
I mean, the place was filled up and that place is really big compared to Midco. And it was just awesome to see. And I mean, every <laughs> just the energy again, I, I can't say it enough. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I, I can't even put words to it. That's awesome. Well, uh, you guys, you know, you've had some big weekends. Uh, you know, your, your, your trip to Colorado, I'm sure is going to be a memorable one for, for time, you know, forever, probably for you guys, uh, going out there and beating Denver in a shootout. Uh, uh, but what are, what are some of the games that you look back right now on this season? I know it's not over yet and you have plenty more to play here, but, uh, or even, even to last weekend, I was going close to home, right? Playing Bemidji up there. Uh, I'm sure you had some, some fans come out, uh, more than usual to, to that series. I mean, every series is a is a big one when you're trying to start a new program and all. But, I mean, you can't take away some of the victories we've had this year over some teams that just weren't expecting us to come in and and compete at, at the level we did and we have and we'll keep doing. So I just – I always look forward to just the next game and the next weekend. And, and yeah. So, I mean, every weekend special in its own way and – some of these trips we go on are just insane, especially like <laughs> everyone around school talks about it. Just like, oh, you guys are going to Arizona now. You guys are going <laughs> to Colorado now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're right. Even with the smaller trips back home are awesome. Like uh, to Bemidji, like you said, I had so much family there. So did all the rest of the Northern Minnesota boys. And yeah. it was just, it was electric. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sure Luke had a big crowd there. I, I think I saw that. Someone, so I think you guys tweeted about that. Uh, that his uh, his Albanovich's his, uh, youth, uh, he, kids that the, from the youth team he played on were there. Mobley. Yeah. Uh, that was Ben Trombley. Oh, Trombley. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so all those Minnesota boys, I, they felt the same way. There was a youth tournament there, and oh, I mean, okay. it was crazy. The crowd was going just as loud for Troms and Hennen when they were skating <laughs> up for the warm-up skates. It was crazy. That's awesome. Uh, I got to ask you about opening Midco. I was there actually for the, for the Friday night game. Um, you you packed that you packed the rink twice for the Friday and Saturday opening weekend. I had to be cool. It's it, it's uh it, it seems like the most like the perfect college hockey rink for as far as you know the the amenities, the the locker rooms, and just for fans too, right? All the way up to the glass and everything. What what, what was your kind of biggest takeaways from that weekend for, as a player? Um, biggest takeaways would probably have to be just how awesome the fans were i mean you you can't you can't fill a stadium without the fans and i mean first of all we'd all like to just thank you for coming and showing up and and that means a lot to the to the team and and the culture of the team going forward um when it comes to the games i think we were all really excited and maybe actually too excited you know we had to settle down and I think coming forward to these last couple games home, I think we'll we'll show that difference. For you guys, you have the the shooting area and there are a couple of goals on the, on the synthetic surface. You have the weight room in there. Like, I, I'm not sure people quite understood. You, you guys were were you dressing in a trailer or keeping your, your gear in a trailer <laughs> and then busing to the rink. How did that work before? <laughs> oh, it's definitely an experience for us i mean we had a, we had two trailers outside of the rink and in the morning it'd be real cold so oh my god we had like three heaters in each area <laughs> of the rink <laughs> yeah and you'd wake up you'd get up get over there some of the gear would be a little cold still from uh, <laughs> practice the day before but you know we pushed through it uh, i mean was it easier I knowing mean, 
It was it easier knowing you had the mid, that you had that light at the end of the tunnel there, that midco waiting at the end oh, of the. Uh... For sure. I mean, the midco arena is beautiful. I mean, more than what I ever expected it to be. Everything we we have there is amazing, and I mean, we use it so much already, and it's only been what two weeks now. Yeah. It's well worth the wait, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. So now you have St. Thomas coming in and they're in first place in the CCHA. I know you guys aren't full members yet, not for a couple of years, but uh, do you like having these, these big challenges come in? Even, you know, even a fair state who, you know, played their hearts out, right. They're, they're fired up for the big crowd too. Uh, you got St. Thomas coming in another, another good challenge for, for your group here. Oh, for sure. And I mean, we've faced challenges like this all year. It's nothing new to us. We just got to stick to our game plan and stick with uh, just coming out with a bunch of energy and just really showing them what our stand of hockey is. We're going to compete. We're going to compete every night with them, and I think it'll really show going forward. You guys have a, a kind of a, a burgeoning fan group, right? It was a little tougher when you were at the Sanford Center for your students to maybe get there. Now they can walk there, right? They can walk across the street. <laughs> like, have you, did you have, any, have you had any conversations with your classmates or you know, other students about Midco and about how, how cool it is to have that uh, – such a close location there yeah i mean from the first day i stepped foot here everyone i talked to was just so excited about the rink you tell them you're on the hockey team and they're like oh my gosh i can't wait to get into the rink and i think uh at the denny you know with it being so much bigger than midco it was sometimes hard but it shows it's immediately once we got here everyone was so compact and it was just it was loud and energetic even in the stands talking now all the students are so excited i mean first week back after uh the j term and everyone's here and i mean i can't wait to see how it turns out you know when when you committed probably it was only it was a like coach rabs i think he had one assistant uh that's that, that maybe since moved on here but uh what was that conversation like for you like what was <clears throat> has it has it met or ex probably, probably exceeded the kind of the dream that you had when, when Rabs is talking to you about this program that's just starting up here. <laughs> oh, and you, you could say that again. I mean, I, I didn't really have any expectations. You know, I, I had an idea of what I wanted. I, I liked the community. I also liked the coaches and the people I talked to so far there. So then once things finally got built in action and it was right along as planned the whole way, pretty much. And yeah, it was, it's just everything I've imagined and even so much more, you know, I always was thinking big about the whole plan. And I mean, it's paid off because it is big time. You guys have, you know, you don't really have any rivalries yet on the ice, right? Cause it's a first year program, but I know that the school Augustana has some, you know, some, <laughs> some in conference rivalries with the, with the Mankato, right? Other schools that you, you play in other sports. Is that something that you, you kind of feel when, when you play the Mavericks or uh, was there, were there other sports saying these, these, we don't like these guys. This is, this is already a rivalry or is that something you kind of build on your own? You think? I, I think things will build on their own. I think they'll just get bigger and bigger, you know, definitely. But even with Mankato around school, I just heard everyone saying, Oh, you guys are playing Mankato this weekend. <laughs> everyone was talking about it. And then once the game time pulled around, I, they make hit on so many fans here. Yeah, I'm they sure they did. <laughs> it's a close one. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So I just see things. I mean, it, you know, everything's building, it, but it's it's super cool to see it all starting up. And you don't see that with some teams that have been around, you know. Right. 
And uh, lastly, I just want to ask you about, you know, some of the things you're looking forward to. I know you guys aren't in the league playoffs this year. You're, you're just kind of playing, you're, you got the Alaska teams, you got, you got some more, uh, you know, obviously all non-conference stuff coming through here, but uh, what are some of the things you guys are looking forward to? Obviously playing in Midco again, you have, uh, like we talked about, you know, St. Thomas has come in here, but then the, in the Alaska schools, you play the U.S. Uh, development team in a little bit here, but uh, a lot of home hockey after you're kind of on the road for the first kind of half of the season. Is that something you're, you're excited about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone's <laughs> excited about, everyone's excited about getting a big call. I mean, we felt like we were on the road so much that first semester with all those games. And, and now like when you actually have a home home to be in play at, it's just even so much more, you know, just why I, I'm like a block away from the rink right now. I'm going to go walk to practice. And then, and when the game time pulls around this weekend, I'll, I'll be right here for the game. And so everyone else in the community, they'll be with me. All right, back here on the CCHA show. Uh, once again with Tim uh, Rapley and Kevin Dudley. Uh, guys, uh, we have some uh, more exciting series coming up here this weekend, four more of them, uh, including uh, a fun one up in Houghton. Always a fun place to uh, to watch some hockey. And the Huskies are home for Minnesota State. Uh, you know, both teams now trying to kind of try to chase down St. Thomas, who is playing Augustana, so no points to be gained for the Tommies this weekend. Uh, this has all the makings, right? It was the last series of the of the year, uh, as far as uh, the league was concerned, last year for for the McNaughton Cup. Um, this year's final weekend. Just looking ahead quickly, it's St. Thomas and playing Michigan Tech and Minnesota State playing Bemidji. So all those games could have McNaughton Cup implications at the end of the year. But you can't really overlook this weekend as having a similar uh, importance, uh, Kevin, for Minnesota State going on the road, maybe shaking off what. You know they had last weekend just the the uh, the, the uh, two points they picked up, uh, but uh, yeah, w- what do you think about this one? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I feel like with with Tech, it's just they're they're so talented. You're just kind of waiting, you know, for the other shoe to drop. Like they're gonna go on this run, and uh, I I feel like you know they haven't had the season they they've liked to have had. They would have you know hoped or would like to have had, but. Uh, I don't think uh, MSU is taking them lightly. I think there's always that fear that you're going to be the, the start of the hot streak with a team like them. And, uh, and yeah, I think it should be a really, a really good series up there. Um, MSU, I think will be very motivated to, uh, to get, to get some points, maybe with a little bit of a chip on, on their shoulder after, uh, after the series with the Tommies. So, uh, and, and obviously, you know, tech is, is running out of time to, to make that push a very experienced and, and prideful group that they have. So, yeah, I think you're going to see two, uh, two desperate, desperate, you know, experienced, um, and, you know, historically successful teams, um, you know, playing playoff type hockey yet again. 27 points for tech. They're tied with Bemidji state for fourth place and the Mavericks are in second with 32, uh, both of them with fewer games than Lake Superior State, who was idle last week, and they have 28. And, of course, everybody chasing the 34 points of, of St. Thomas right now. Uh, but, uh, Tim, uh, I'm sure this is a series you'll have your eyes on, uh, you know, much like the the St. Thomas-Minnesota State series last weekend. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on this one coming in? Well, this is the beginning of, of trophy season, right? There's, there's a nice little trophy uh, to be gained. That's the uh, McKinnis Cup. And I remember uh, – Mike Hastings winning a McKinnis Cup in uh, 2019. It was the beginning of a nice run. 
where he got the the, the McNaughton Cup and the uh, the not to be forgotten Jeff Sauer uh, Cup for winning the WCHA championship. So um, it was a very appreciated uh, a trophy back in 2019, and, and it is today. And um, uh, you know the the McInnes family uh, will be in the building. Um, I'm very bullish on on the purple, right? Uh, Minnesota State, as Kevin said, they do have a chip on their shoulder. They do have more talent. And and to be honest, I like them more in goal. Blake Piedla has has proven to be mortal this year. He hasn't been mortal in two years. Some, you know, he's a maybe his mind is elsewhere, or maybe the defenders don't defend as well. But um, he's no. Uh, you know, 930 save percentage guy anymore. It's more like 905 like everybody else. And uh, um, uh, they only had one even strength gold tech last weekend. Um, their uh, assistant coach came on the air, uh, Trent, I believe his name is, uh, and said, hey, we're so psyched uh, to play Northern Michigan to, to get in control of our own destiny. They've lost control of their destiny. They're not reaching their goals. Coach is pulling his hair out, Joe Sean, a little bit. He he stopped coming on the air for like four straight appearances. Um, there's trouble in Houghton. And, uh, you know, as fans, you know, this should be a pick a matchup, right? You know, who knows, you know, who could win on paper or historically you'd say this is anybody's series. I don't think so. I think Tech is a, is a flawed team. Something's wrong with them psychologically. And, um, I love the Luke Strand uh, vibe coming out of that locker room, everything he says. And I think the players buy into it um, as, as, as reading, you know, the columns by um, our, our colleague from right here on the podcast on the Alex Tracy relationship with coach. Um, Kevin, can you jump in? Is Alex going to be our number one guy? There's no injury problem. He played both games. Is Alex going to carry the team? Do you think, you know, I uh I don't know I I don't uh I don't think it's necessarily a situation like that um you know when Luke has talked about goaltending before he's he's mentioned that uh he has no problem going with the platoon um but at the same time he's also not gonna platoon just for the sake of platooning that if he feels one guy has taken it he won't get in the way um I don't know. For, from my perspective, I, I don't feel like one guy has taken it. Um, I think there's been good games and, and bad games for both. Uh, I think, you know, Keenan Rancier was, was coming off a very significant hip surgery um, coming into this season and is still not totally 100% from that yet. And and told me he, he really won't be, he's clear, but he won't truly be a hundred percent at any time this year. So uh yeah, I still, I still, it, it's my opinion that you know it, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see to see Keenan in goal Friday night. It wouldn't surprise me to to see Tracy. Um, it doesn't feel like a situation like we had last year with MSU where you know Rancier starts every game in the second half and we've truly got a guy. I don't, I don't think it's at at that point yet. But uh, if if coach ends up you know feeling like like one of those two is the guy, it, it could become you know, a situation where you see one guy really take over. But, but again, I don't think it's, it's quite there yet. Let's see. It'll be interesting to see what, what the, that, that, uh, that line chart looks like Friday night. 
Tracy and was the uh, one of the runners up for a national goalie of the month for January. He went 3-0-2 with a 1-1-6 goals against uh, 9-4-7 save percentage, uh, two shutouts uh, in the month. Uh, just uh, beaten out by uh, Tommy Scarfone from RIT, who had a 1-5-5 goals against a 9-50 save percentage for 4-2-1. So not quite sure, uh, but uh, Alex was uh, deserving of that, but... We'll have to settle for a runner-up in that case. Uh, anyway, he's he's been playing great, and it's obviously kind of to the testament of how the Mavericks have been playing defense overall, right? A lot of that, a lot of those goalie numbers come from uh, what the guys are doing in front of him. So that's a good sign if you're a Mavs fan. Then Tim d- did allude to Winter Carnival uh, with the, the McGinnis Cup you're talking about. Have you, Tim, have you ever been to Winter Carnival up there before? Being I a Michigan not. guy, I'm, I'm assuming you might have, but maybe not. No, I haven't. Um... It, it's tough to get a hotel room uh, oh, yeah. in that town. <laughs> you know, I'd have to stay 100 miles away. Hey, I want to get one word in edgewise. What, sure. what um, was alluded to, what Kevin wrote about so eloquently, was the championship, the USHL championship, right, that um, was won by Strand, okay, uh, with uh, Tracy in goal. And the vibe that they had, the trust that they have in each other, and I think that's going to be a factor as we get closer to the McNaughton Cup. Very fair. Uh, and yeah, you, you, you can never really overlook those uh, kind of relationships built, you know, outside of what we know as the CCHA or Minnesota State or or, or what have you. So, yeah, that, those happen along the way, whether you're recruiting or or just, you know, life in general will bring those kind of things to you. But yeah, being being in that hockey is a very small family overall, no what level you're at, uh, you can see those things kind of, uh, you know, turning out that way. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that, what's going on on the back line. Uh, for the Mavericks uh, to our next series here, as we have uh, Lake State back in action, they head to Bowling Green. Uh, Lakers, you know, they were off last weekend, so maybe slightly forgotten about, but they're still sitting on 28 points. They're third place in the league, and uh, they go into uh, face a relatively hot Bowling Green team coming off their sweep. Uh, should be an interesting series, Tim. What, do you, what are your thoughts on, on this one? Um, well, right before the podcast, I, I checked out some statistical uh, numbers and, and, you know, Lake State is uh, carrying the banner, the flagship with their uh, penalty killing stats. Uh, still fourth in the nation, I think, um, but uh, leading the CCHA and a robust uh, power play percentage too. So coaching is clearly getting it done. The freshmen up there becoming sophomores. They have very large uh, forward line. Um, I, I'm I'm liking the road team in blue, right? They're going down to Big Rapids. Um, uh, no, they're going down to Bowling Green. They're going yep. south. Um, I like them. I like I like the road team in this one. In, in my prediction column tomorrow, uh, I'll probably be going with Lake State. Uh, hats off to the, the job they've been doing. They were so beat up with the stomach flu in their in their last weekend when they, they got, what, they got four or five points from uh, Michigan Tech. They uh, or they split with Tech. Uh, they could have easily been swept. Uh, they couldn't pr- hold a normal practice. Stomach flu ravaged them. I think they're going to be healthy. They needed that bye week, and uh, I like their chances down at Bowling Green. Kevin, this is a, a Lake State team that plays a bit of a gauntlet kind of down the stretch here. Um, uh, but I mean, sorry, Minnesota State does, and it's a team Lake State you'll see in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, down in at the Mayo there, but uh, what are your thoughts on the Lakers? Uh, they've already played once up in uh, up in Sault Ste. Marie. 
against the Mavs. But, uh, you know, this is interesting, inter- interesting series based on where the Lakers currently sit and also potentially Bowling Green trying to jump back into the top four. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Lake Saving, everyone talks so much about, you know, MSU being underrated because of that that one poll and and the uh you know yeah. the, the coach strand comment about the the over my dead body which aside <laughs> I, I just think when i when i first saw that i at the time i was a little taken aback but getting to know him a little bit better he's quite the jokester and i think uh-huh. that was probably said a lot more in jest than i than oh i'm sure <laughs> but uh, anyway um with the with the lakers yeah i think my point there was, uh, I think maybe they have been the most underrated team, you know, coming in. I mean, uh, you know, Tim mentioned, you know, the, the little things that uh, that they do well. I, I think Damon, I, mean, I don't have the necessarily the perspective you guys have, but I, I just hear so much about, you know, him as a coach and and the job that uh, that he does. And uh, and they've just, I think, been been impressive all year, you know, based on what the expectations maybe were coming in after after last year. And uh, and they do they do a lot of things well. I'm I'm excited to get a chance to uh to see them play uh play a few games uh here in Mankato in a few weeks. Yeah, they they had a big change in their room. I think towards the end of last year, as far as where leadership was coming from, and I they finished the season last year in the regular the regular year in a five, I think five two and zero oh in their last seven before going in and and, and dropping that uh, playoff series at Mankato to open the postseason. Uh, but I think something was sparked then that kind of has carried over, and they brought in a number of uh, young, talented players, some some siblings of players currently on the team. Um, of course, another I think another Rollison uh, added to the mix, and uh, I, I know Tim's over there. He's seen them play out probably more than I have in person, and uh, uh, what uh, Coach Witten's been able to put together there. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty good vibe. Uh, there's a little bit of a addition by subtraction. They had talented players that weren't great in the room, and now they've got a real good hand on the room. Uh, let's not forget about Mike York and his contributions. Absolutely. Um, uh, they got a new um, assistant coach from uh, uh, Rochester as well. So um, they're they're um, a good club going in the right direction. Um, but while we have Kevin here, I need him to interpret a Luke Strand line that my wife and I were debating. He says he said the team. Um, uh, he liked the way, and I think it was after Friday's game, that they stayed on the plane for the last second. And is this the airplane? Is he referring to an airplane? Are you familiar with the quote? They stayed on the plane. Um he loves how long they stay on the plane. It's like maybe the plane's about to crash and that they're willing to stay on the plane and not like jump on a parachute or something like that. Huh. They were willing to stay on the plane. Yeah, he might be referencing just general, um, general adversity. Um, you know how they how they deal with it. Um, just in, I think it might have been in context with them, you know, being down. If it yeah. was after the game Saturday, being down two to nothing, you know, so early. Um, really uncharacteristic turnover creates creates that second goal. Um, but then you know they get right back back uh back after it, and uh. And I think he was he was really really happy with with that and you know I mean there were also I mean some of the saves by Trotter in that game I mean those can be deflating um you yeah. know when that's happening to you and you know you you see you know Sam Morton as good a goal scorer as maybe there is for sure in the conference one of the best in the country you see him you know get two great A looks three 
and uh, and get denied. That can be deflating, but I, I don't think they did get deflated, and they you know they they kept uh, kept pushing despite the slow starts. Probably that's what he was referencing. Yeah, that last thing I want to say is that for you as a writer to have Luke Strand in there. There's not not typical cliches coming out of his mouth. You've got a lot to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he. Uh, you know, it, it was yeah. He he definitely he'll he'll tell you he'll tell you what what he what he thinks. You know, as as you know, Coach Hastings did did as as well. Um, but yeah, it, it is fun. He's a he's a fun uh, a fun a fun interview uh interview for sure. Um, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of interesting uh, interesting perspective. It was it was an interesting press conference after after the game Saturday. Next series we have Bemidji State heading to Northern Michigan to take on. The Wildcats there and really another you know could be could go a long way into determining whether you're in the in the top four or the bottom four uh Tim for these two teams and uh these are probably the two teams that we probably feel like we know the least about you know they on their best days they they feel like they could win the league on their worst days you know they they, they feel like they they shouldn't don't belong in the top four so where, where do you see this one well I, I see Bemidji getting healthy right and I think that's why a lot of the reason they were so unpredictable and you know, their, their uh, penalty kill is uh, 15 points lower than what you expect uh, to see. Um, I'm, I'm bullish on them. Uh, they, they are on the road and Northern played really well. You know, Artem Schlaney is one of the great, uh, one of the quality scorers in this league. Um, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for another bust out from number 11, Andre Gantus. Uh, he is so due to, to break out. But I don't think it's going to be this weekend. I'm liking, uh, you know, uh, there's a very good chance, maybe it's a 50-50 chance, but that's good news, that Kyle Lopes is coming back for Bemidji, and he's a monster performer uh, on both ends of the ice. And, you know, with with jutting back and with everyone back in position um, and the philosophy uh, of blocking shots, um, I'm thinking they'll take at least three points, um, you know, after a long bus ride. But they, uh, I think this is going to be a, a very entertaining series. This is the one. The UP is going to have have a couple of good battles uh, by neighbors, you know, in Houghton and in Marquette this weekend. Absolutely, and uh, it's uh, you know Andre Gantu's two points shy of 150 for his career. He is the active uh, points leader in NCAA hockey, and uh, he's having another great season. Seven goals, 17 assists for him, uh, helping out this team. Uh, you know, offensively, every step of the way, seems like he's got a Every other night, he's got at least a point for the uh, for for Northern, and you know, he mentioned uh, Mankato native uh, Kyle Loft potentially coming back to the lineup. That would be a huge boost uh, for the Beavers, who are relying heavily on Eric Polkamp right now, who's really delivered for the most part. All you can ask from a, from a freshman, but uh, uh, Kevin, what are you thought uh, thoughts on this series? Yeah, I, I like what Tim's saying about Bemidji getting healthy. Uh, I just I just feel like that. The flashes of offense that they have shown this year um, are just really impressive, and and you just got to think if they can if they can you know have that happen at the right time and get the defense to where it's it's traditionally been that uh, that they can be really really dangerous. So yeah, I mean obviously getting getting Kyle back into the lineup is is a huge deal. Um, as good of defender as as there is defensive defenseman as there is in in the league, that that's going to help a lot. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the arrows are pointing up uh, for the Beavers. And our final series is our non-conference series between uh, 
St. Thomas and Augustanos. Uh, I guess this is the uh, third series at, at Midco Arena or second. I think it's just the second. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. But yeah, they played Ferris State. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be the second one that was there for uh, half of. Uh, promises to be a potential uh, future rival of, of new or uh, rivalry of new teams to college hockey, or at least the Division One level. Uh, and Kevin, what do you look for from these two teams that you've seen relatively recently playing each other? I think it's going to be interesting to see how St. Thomas responds, um, you know, after winning, you know, you, you, you come off that emotional series. You're obviously in first place in the league now, and and now you step back and you're playing a series where there aren't points on the line. Um, you know, you've, you've maybe got a younger team. Do they, do they, you know, talk about a trap series. If there ever was one, maybe this, this could be one. Um, I think it'll maybe say something about kind of, you know, their maturity level, do they come out and, you know, really keep the foot on the gas and, and play with the intensity that they played with this last weekend? Cause if they play with that kind of intensity, they're going to be a really tough team to beat, but it's, it's hard to bring that every weekend and to get up every weekend, you know, as if it's like a series like last weekend. So I think it's a really good test for, for them in that way. Tim, I think we saw a little bit with Ferris when they opened Midco, but the, the packed arena, I think we'll, you know, get the juices going for anybody. I talked to uh, Antonio Venuto, I think, I think before that series, but just like they, they were fired up. Ferris was to play in that series. Uh, Stefan Bacorni definitely was, but just the, the amount of energy that a, a full brand new building provides might be that little bit of help that not, not that the Tommies need help, but that, that could help them pass what kind of Kevin's talking about a little, you think? Yeah. Um, I think Kevin nailed it saying this is a trap series. I don't see St. Thomas winning here. I see St. Thomas, They uh, their previous weekend, they canceled an exhibition with the National Team Development Program because they are desperate to keep their bodies intact, right? They've got two defensemen playing on the fourth line. They've got a, a virus that just took out the statistical king of goalies of the CCHA. They are, <laughs> they are looking to, like, exhale right now. They're going to take that foot off the gas. They do not need to be you know, exchanging headshots. They do not need Gleason getting run and then taking runs, right? This is time to kind of conserve. They are after some hardware, right? They want to get the McNaughton. They know they're not eligible for the NCAAs. They are going to be marshalling their resources just the way they did. They won't treat this like an exhibition that they can cancel, but uh, they are not going to be going, uh, you know, uh, pedal to the metal on this. I I'm with Kevin. Um, I think packed house, let these guys, um, you know, the home team get a couple of victories, perhaps. What's very interesting, and, and I recommend this for all, all fans of this podcast, is to listen to uh, Rico's press conference today. I think it was today. No, uh, it was on Monday. Okay. And he compares the two different uh, rebuilding uh, philosophies between the two, right? And, and Garrett's gone after, you know, uh, he's using all his scholarships he is um, uh, bringing in lots of fifth-year players. It's a lot different than how Rico did it, right? So, so um, Garrett's become much more competitive his first year out, right? They took that fabulous uh, a swing through the Rocky Mountains with a, a tie and a win against, you know, uh, Colorado College and Denver. Um, they've had, we call them scalps. They've had some good scalps this year. Uh, they're going to be very tough. They're in their new building. You know, uh, they may not take the strides that Rico did in years two and three. 
but they're a lot better in their year one than Rico was when he had a third of his team with Division three hockey players. Yeah, you can probably debate the the ease in which yeah Rico would be able to do that uh, with what he inherited. But yeah, exactly. No, there's definitely different uh, ways you can build a program. Both mm-hmm. you know probably looked upon as as kind of the the model for doing so, as opposed to some other programs across the country, right? I think these these two have been uh, two of the better examples of of that. And uh, Kevin, any thoughts on on that aspect of things before we kind of wrap things up here? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you know, from where Garrett's at at this point, it, uh, I feel like the game has maybe even changed a bit in those two years in terms of, you know, if Garrett was doing it two years ago, maybe he would have been more apt to, to go with the younger route. But given, you know, all the, the great older players that are available, um, you know, right now on the portal and, and just how, how normalized that, method of roster building is in college hockey right now it's hard to 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 not want to win you know and to to say well I got a guy right here that that can help me you know get wins and I'm, I'm not going to take them I get that you know they, they have momentum you know they've got that that new rank I, I do see the the perspective of I want to put the best team I can together right away and uh and we'll build you know younger players know through recruiting you know in, in the future years but you know the way Rico did it you know also you know makes a lot of sense the idea that you're going to put together this young core in place take your licks year one and then they'll they'll come of age together you know as time goes on and and then you know you have what you have now so yeah there's there's more than one way to to build a roster uh successfully and uh you know that's kind of the beauty of it it's fun to to see you know the coaches do it in uh, in different ways yeah, and not to say that the Tommies haven't taken on uh, transfers themselves as well. They've had a few guys come in that have uh, contributed to this this uh, success they've had uh, this year, and I'm certainly going forward. Uh, before we go, I want to let you guys get a chance to to uh, let us know where people can find you, your work. Uh, Kevin, you're with the Mankato Free Press, and where can people find you? Yep, I, I write for the Mankato Free Press. Um, my Twitter is, uh, or my, my X is at... Uh, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, and uh, yeah, MankatoFreePress.com uh, is uh, is uh, where my my content is published. Kevin's been covering the the Mavs for quite some time here, so it's uh, and they've had plenty of success. If you want to read what he, like we Kevin Tim's mentioned the, some stuff that Kevin's put out, it's it's very good, and you can follow the the Mavs there. Uh, really good stuff. Tim, where can uh, people find you? And uh, a couple places now, I'm sure. Anything uh, anything to plug? Yeah. <laughs> This week, the College Hockey News, uh, I really tried to do something with the game within the game as far as the two coaches, how they use their challenges, um, how they tried to match lines. uh, um, And just one more thing. Uh, I don't know if you link uh, Kevin's stories or not, but the the Lucas Souter piece is also mandatory reading. Uh, The history this guy has had, very interesting. And and how um, he and Sam Morton working out together when they were injured and uh, deciding to come back for years five and six, respectively. Uh, it's, it's really good stuff. And uh, hats off, Kevin. Nice job. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show. For stories, scores, stats, and more, visit CCHA.com.